0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
1: Hi, checking in for...
2: Or the perfect table.
1: Hey, where are you?
2: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this
1: looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it.
0: And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: All right, what's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Dice It Up on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Ice, we are joined by one of the top guests we've ever had i am so pumped for this interview you know this coach personally you've played against this coach we're joined by head coach brooke Wyckoff of florida state new head coach she was interim before uh taking over in her first official year welcome to the show
2: <laughs> thank you dano and let's just be clear ice Played against me when I was coaching. She is yes. way younger than me. <laughs> we didn't like play against each other as basketball players. I just want to clarify that, like for her sake. Um, <laughs> but I did coach against her when she was a player. <laughs> I thought about that too, and I was like, "Are people?" I'm like, oh, "That's probably fine. It's no big no, deal." No, 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 no. Yeah, no.
1: Way, not,
2: way younger than me. But no, I'm super excited and thrilled to be here with you both. It's a great honor. I love this this pod and so um really appreciate you having me
1: yeah well thank you for joining us coach um one it was you know fun playing against you so to speak um we love the ACC love so that's great Uh, Daniel did mention this before we started that I did start at the University of Florida so we were like sworn enemies at first but I got rid of them we moved on to better things so now (laughs) I can give you ACC love (laughs) so here we are yes Um, But you've got a great resume, right? I mean, you know, 4 years standout at FSU, one of the only four Seminoles to have your jersey retired, played in the W for eight years, and now you are officially a head coach, like, under contract. It's no longer interim. It is the real thing, and you're doing it. But walk us through that interim year, just, you know, following up after Sue, kind of going through everything, and then obviously COVID, dealing with those things. You know, you kind of got your first start as a head coach in in a tough time, like, in a tough circumstance, How did you breeze your way through it?
2: (laughs) Uh, One day at a time, really. Uh, And that was kind of the blessing in disguise with being a coach during COVID and especially being a first time, you know, head coach, even though it was interim, was that COVID forced us all just to take it one day at a time because we had no idea. Nobody knew what was next. And, And a lot of hard things were happening. And, and so it was a great way just to kind of uh, rally the team together. And and under that um, just kind of theme of, Hey, we're going to be grateful and have gratitude for every day that we have together, that every day that we're able to be healthy um, and to play basketball during this crazy time when so many hard things are going on. So it really was like to, to enter into that role, um, and be forced to just be in the moment, because as you guys know, it, it just when you're leading something and, and there's so many things going on um, as a head coach, you can get wrapped up in, in all of the big picture and, and million details and your, your brain can go everywhere all the time. Um, so that I, it was just like, we're here, we're practicing, we're going to see if we can play a game today. Uh, if not, we'll try again tomorrow. And so I learned a lot of just staying present and being grateful for what's in front of me. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Uh, My follow-up to that is, you know, culture is a big thing when we talk about basketball and teams and replacing Sue, right? And then doing that in the interim coaching year, which is kind of hard to establish your own culture, right? Because of course, it's going to be different than anyone that follows. It's going to be unique to you and your experiences. How have you been able to establish your own culture this year? Um, and and really having some time to be able to do that outside of the season, outside of being interim, right. And, and firstly, like getting, getting that space to do that.
2: Yeah. Um, well, like you said, that's, that is the most important thing. Um, as we all know, being in sports, it's like. You can have most amazing players. You can think you know all about the X's and O's. But if you don't have that foundation of a great culture, a solid culture and people that buy into that culture, you're not going to it's going to be a really hard road. So um, fortunately, you you know, having been here and having uh, played and coached under someone that was an expert in establishing culture and and having. Um, very consistent culture in Coach Sue, I was able to build upon that, especially with the players that uh, were here last year who kind of already knew what our program is about philosophically. And really that we're about people first. We're about taking care of each other first and foremost. Um, and so building on that and kind of putting my own spin on it based on really not not necessarily who I am, but kind of, what we need right now. I mean, this college athletics is changing the landscape, the, the, uh, just the, what college athletics means is changing all the time, as we know. Um, And, and, and college kids change uh, are like just who people are um, in general and, and kind of the different pressures that each generation um, has year by year, like all those things go into how we approach culture. And so, you know, starting with the basis of we're going to be about each other, Um, starting with that. Now I've established kind of our culture. And really what it is, is, you know, we talk every day is that we're going to get closer and better as a team every day. That's our goal. You know, we're not, we want to win championships. Um, Those are stops along the way. Um, We want to win games, but like if we can focus on that goal of really what it is, is building culture, um, we'll be just fine.
3: Love it. I, I, I do want to go back to the fact that I don't think I've heard anybody throughout the COVID year talk about that situation and use the word grateful. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, the flexibility, adaptability to, to just go with games being canceled, rescheduled, etc. cetera. Um, and it all led, you know, you here to this. I mean, it's, it's an awesome story. And I, I love a good narrative of, you know, someone who was a standout, Going back to the alma mater, I think uh, Coach Sue's first year coaching, that was your freshman year, which is even crazier. But with the success you've had, uh, not just, you know, the interim year, but just uh, helping that this program for so long. Uh, was there ever a time that you thought um, and considered uh, other coaching positions um, or was, you know, this Florida State position always kind of your dream? Mm
2: hmm. Um, that's a great question. And and really, Florida State you know, has been my home and, and it's been a huge part of who I am since I was 16, 17 years old. But um, I, I have been this is my 12th year coaching at Florida State. So it's been a while. Um, this has always been my first priority. And I did consider, you know, other opportunities came up over the years that I considered and looked at and, and talked to people. But I really knew that to get me out of here. And especially as while I was working for coach Sue, like it was hard to top that um, in my mind in terms of a better situation for me and my growth. That was the most important thing though, that I think, was really critical was that coach Sue understood that I still needed to grow. So as long as I was doing that here at Florida state, I mean, each year I gained more responsibility each year I was involved in, in more things within the program. Um, and I became better and, and within in in every aspect of the job that was still going on. So as long as that was there, um, I, I was like, it's hard to top this place. You know, ACC, we were, we had a lot of success on the court and I just love it here in Tallahassee and at Florida State, it's family. So um, yes, I did entertain other opportunities mm-hmm. they, as they came up and got that experience um, with some interviewing, things like that. But always knew in my heart that if, I, if they wanted me here as an assistant or as a head coach, this would be my first choice.
3: That's that's amazing. Well, I'm glad that it all worked out. It's like, uh, you know, someone may write a book about it one day and I'm <laughs> off for reading. Thank now, you. now, I mean, how did somebody from, you know, the Midwest, Ohio, even end up in Tallahassee? I mean, the way you're talking about Tallahassee, I feel like Ice and I, would need to go visit. I mean, been. Yeah, oh I've never, I I've never I've never been to Tallahassee.
1: <laughs> you never been? Uh, no, it's decent.
3: I, I know it's capital.
2: <laughs> Ice is like it's decent. <laughs> um Tallahassee is is a special place but um you know and the, what what makes it most special are the people here and my Florida state family. Um and, and that really is when you're in Florida state like as a student you work here you really do feel that community and that support from the community of Tallahassee. Um and at, you know at my age now I have a 9 year old daughter it's a great mm-hmm. place to have kids. Um, to raise a child and and you know to get that small town vibe without it being like completely like just total country and nothing going on. I mean we're the capital of the state of Florida, so there's yeah, that. Yeah. Not many people know that. I don't think I would assume that oh, a lot I of people know Tallahassee is the state capital. <laughs> um, but lots of sunshine, lots of warm weather, and close to the beach, uh, driving distance to the beach. So. Um, No, I being, my recruiting story is crazy from Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, just had no idea what I wanted and not a lot of great guidance. My parents had no idea about the process. I would have hated recruiting me the way I handled the process. I would have been so mad at myself now if I had to recruit myself. But um, really, I I just felt that Florida State wanted me uh, and cared about me and, and wanted me to help then build something. That was really what it came down to in my 16 year old brain when I was making this decision, 17 years old, um, was that, hey, that's a place that has great potential. I can impact right away. Um, And it's not, you know, it's getting me out of Ohio, which is what I wanted at the time and just wanted to see something different. So uh, it ended up being a great decision. And we've actually over the years had a lot of success recruiting Ohio. There's just something about, I mean, the sunshine, uh, warm weather, like it's not a hard sell getting someone out of the Midwest like for a couple of years, like, hey, come on down and see what it's like down here. Let your blood thin out a little and, and you know, get used to this warm weather. It's not a hard sell. <laughs>
3: and you don't have to worry about athletes wanting too much. Uh, I think that it's graders. It's big up there in Cincinnati, oh, graders. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm a yep. Jenny's fan. I, I stand Jenny's so hard. I don't care if it's $11 a pint. I'm still buying it uh maybe That's not it. division three college I me mean, but absolutely but yeah you don't have to worry about that with d1 athletes who are not eating ice cream all the time
2: exactly yeah no you know you can find graders you can find some down here yeah in wow. public um and skyline chili is big up in, in oh, cincinnati skyline chili is a big thing and you can also find that in the frozen section of public <laughs> down here so you know, we got it all we got it all down here we're good
1: so. I was literally on a radio show yesterday and I was telling someone I miss Publix. Like Publix is something that needs to be nationwide. I don't understand why it's not. But Publix is like, ah, oh, it was so key when I was <laughs> in Florida for the two years. Like just you can go and get a hoagie and you'd be great. You can go and get cake and you'll be great. Like it's just yeah. it's amazing. It's I like love Publix cake. I don't know why, but it's I do. Nice.
2: <laughs> it's good cake. You yeah, are, I was good, that is our go-to cake, and it is—it's the best. So yeah, 100%. see, you gotta come easy. You gotta get make yeah. a Publix run. I, mean, okay. I,
3: I I literally have grocery stores that are like extremely tiny. I get anxiety. I'm like 6'3", 200 pounds. It's so hard to navigate through. COVID was terrible. Um, oh yeah, just with the spacing, and they're just not built for for taller people. But
1: yeah. uh, well, we really we should
3: move great. off the food a bit.
1: Well, you know what? We can talk about. Who eats food is kids. And we would like to talk about your, just, <laughs> I, I feel like journey, the way that you embrace being a mom and coaching and just the group that you have, the meetings, the podcasts, like, um, I, I think, I think for us as women, it's not a new thing to talk about, right? We've always <laughs> kind of had those supportive groups or I'm always like talking to coaches or my mentors, like, you know, they're always like suggested, make sure you date. Make sure you care about your, you know, your personal life and having kids, not your career. And so just wanted to ask you one, you know, being that role model for some of these other coaches who are maybe starting young families and just having that support. What does that mean to you? And how do you feel like you embody that every single day being a mom and now a head coach, which is (laughs) <laughs> <doubly>
2: hard right <laughs> yeah no it's it it's a, a huge passion of mine thank you for bringing this up i mean um the group that I co-founded is called moms in coaching and really that's what it is it's it's a group of women um who mostly coach basketball but at all levels, Um, that are moms or thinking about becoming moms. And it started out as a support group, so to speak, um, just to to help those of us that were trying to do both know that, wow, there's a lot of us out there um, actually doing this. Sometimes we don't even know, um, you know, you're sitting next to somebody on the recruiting trail or you're coaching against somebody. They don't have their kids with them. You don't really necessarily know how many moms are out there. Um, doing this. Um, And also just to really encourage and be visible saying, Hey, you know, to young women that are thinking, can I do both? Can I have kids and stay in this profession? We want to say, you know, yes, you can. There's a lot of us doing it and we're here for you. If that's Mm -hmm. what you decide, because it isn't easy. I mean, being a parent first and foremost, just in and of itself is very challenging and then uh, and a working parent in any field, but also the, the specific challenges of being a college coach and, and also being a mom and the travel and the time constraints, all those things. Uh, and also just the great things about that's what I love too, is just telling the stories that my daughter, has had some amazing, unique experiences and really continues to just like just her coming to practice and being around our team is an amazing, unique experience that most kids don't get to to have. I never had that. You know, I never got to be around of an amazing group of of powerful women that were living their dream, playing elite athletics, going to school like those role models that she has make it all worth it, you know? Yeah. Um, and for our players too, they get to be those role models. They get to see mm-hmm. on a daily basis when my daughter's there looking up to them that, hey, I really am, you know, impacting, I am an example for this little girl that's coming in and wants to shoot around and dribble like she wants to be me someday. Like those types of experiences are so key um, and and so amazing on both sides. Uh, that, yeah, we need that around, you know, we need that. This is, we talk about family all the time. Like, you know, every program we talk about, we're family, you know, and, and we're taking care of these kids when they're away from home, you know, and I'm talking about our players, you know, we're, we are their family when they're, when they're not home. And so that helps having kids around, having parents that are doing this helps that family atmosphere a lot I think and it it's really crucial to um, just the overall well-being of a program day to day just having that freedom to have family around so I'm passionate about as you can see it's been an amazing experience and um, really proud to to be a part of, of watching other moms do it and and ultimately honestly it helps keep women in coaching.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's,
2: that's one of the huge things that, um, that, you know, our coaches association, the WBCA is, has been huge about like, how do we support females, um, staying in coaching? I always have to say, it does not mean that we don't want males coaching women's basketball. I am. I am not saying that I love having, I have two males on my staff, my two male assistants love having, um, you know, males coaching women's basketball, but it is place for everybody. And sometimes yeah. it's harder, you know, to for for women to make that choice in any field, and so we want to ultimately be about that. Like, how can we do our part in this little area to mm-hmm. keep women in coaching and and support them if they also want to have a family?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it sends a message to also your players, right? Yeah. You know, like your players that you know your daughter walking in, she has an assumed now. 15 12 to 15 right like young big yes. sisters you know that yes. are that are gonna be around that are gonna love her one of my favorite memories ever in college and um coach bill ferreira like was my first coach that offered me he works with you now underneath yes. you as assistant. Yep. love coach bill but he was with me when i was at florida for one year uh-huh. and he was with me he has two daughters dano um one is Callie, but then he only had one he only had Callie. And so I never forget he was our guard coach. So he brought all the guards into his house. We're like sitting and eating dinner. And Callie comes out with his shirt on and it says, like, I'm gonna be a big sister. When I tell you, I like wept, like I cried. Like I was like, Oh my god, we have another little baby coming. Oh, and so yes. lying here and I don't know how old Maya is, but they're like, I swear kids grow so quickly through like social media. You see kids, and I feel like every year it's like yep. they've grown ten inches and it's like you're an yep. adult now. But I say that to say that it was so amazing to experience. To know and experience that she's going to have big sisters, you know, that she's going to care. And we had, you know, times where my teammates would like, you know, babysit his kids and things like that. And it just it brings together, like you talked about, like the real part of family. So I I love that. I think for your your players, too, that it gives that side of like, you know, I'm a big sister. If I have no siblings, I've
2: got coaches, kids to take care of. You know, Exactly. So cute. Yeah. Maya was just here this morning at work with us. She's six, by the way. She okay. was in this office. Um, she, They didn't have school today. They had school off. And so she was here with Bill. And yeah, it's just, it's amazing to have those experiences. Like you will remember yeah. that for the rest of your life. And yeah. it's because we have an environment um, you know that that is accepting of families moms dads whatever and the unfortunate thing is is that's not the, that's not true at every institution that's not true for every program and yeah. so that's another piece of of what we want to create discussion around is that um you know it just varies so widely what's acceptable and what's not and and so there's just a greater conversation there about what is best um mm-hmm. you know and and what kinds of Things can be put into place at it at the institutional level that allows room um, for family and and for mothers especially to um, be able to do their job and not feel the constraints of like you know oh my gosh I can't I can't balance both and and having an institution that understands that as well as bosses that understand that athletic directors and head coaches really really um, goes a long way.
3: I want to take this uh, moment for – I mean, because I feel inspired right now. Pa- <laughs> pause the show. Go call your mom. Tell her you love her because I'm going to do that after we're done recording here. Yes. Um, so I appreciate that. Uh, yes. so another follow-up question, and you brought up the – the I mean, both of you all brought up kind of like a, a possible babysitting aspect. Do you have a a number one player that you would trust as far as babysitting goes? It doesn't have to be the player you trust on the court. But <laughs> – who would you trust on this current roster
1: like you don't make layups a lot but you can watch my kid <laughs> I know. We all have our doesn't have and girls
3: weaknesses. that don't make layups.
2: we all have our strengths and weaknesses right <laughs> oh my gosh I mean there there's so many I have a lot of responsible players on the roster I think um yeah Sarah Bajetti, who is uh was. Yes. Unfortunately, supposed to be on the podcast. She's sick today, but she does a phenomenal job of connecting with my daughter. They have a secret handshake, like they're just they're always playing together. Um, but I I I want to say this because if my players hear this, they will get offended. There's so many of them that I would trust with my daughter, um, because they've just shown how much they care for her and mm-hmm. they're just responsible people. In the moment, or just in general. So, uh, but Sarah definitely, she's got, you know, she's got the handshake. She's got right. all the little, you know, inside. Like, just she loves it. She's a great, yeah. she's connecting with kids. You notice and, I like,
3: went safe though. I did not say, who would you not trust, right? Very right. no, kept it open. Right. Learned my lesson.
1: Like that. yeah, that's a good question. That reminds me of the TikTok when teammates go around, like, who exactly. would you not let your, you know, guys? Yes oh (laughs) exactly um coach to get into some basketball stuff you guys have brought across some really good transfers you have taken advantage of the transfer portal Mm -hmm. Uh, let me ask you this because it's crazier now than ever and and what it's been right and as someone who went to four different schools i completely understand it what's the key to taking advantage of the transfer portal And, and and along with that too how important is it to maintain relationships even with players at other places. And and I'm being like respectful in that, you know, because now with social media and stuff, like, you know, I could have coaches like message me or, you know, like give me reactions on stories and things like that. And it's kind of like in the back of your head, like, Hey, in case you want to leave, don't forget, you know, I always comment <laughs> and give you some love, you know, like, how, what is that? Like,
2: you <laughs> know, yeah. I mean, first of all, just, it just goes to show like how important the recruiting process really is and how you treat people matters. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the thing, like throughout the recruiting process, the the first time around, you know, we're finding that those people that have been recruited by somebody out of high school, those are the people they automatically go to or more prone to go to, um, when they're making their, going through their second recruiting process out of the transfer portal. We heard that a lot this, this off season, I'm only really going to, I'm only really talking to schools that I'd built a relationship with before. So when you hear no these days and no, I'm not interested, I'm, you know, you guys are getting cut off my list. The way you respond to that. No, um, is, is crucial that, okay, you know, great. Wish you the best of luck and, and let us know if you ever need anything type of deal. Um, Mm -hmm is, and we did that before even, but I mean, it's just even more crucial these days because you just never know. Yeah. And the relationship piece is everything. Um, It is illegal to keep in touch, you know, and I don't know about liking social media posts. I think that's fine. But, you know, th- it is technically, you know, you shouldn't be reaching out or anything like that or talking about, hey, we're still around, you know, right. in case we hopefully the first time around, you know, hopefully you've made that clear when you've recruited them the first time around. But um, yes, we've had great success recruiting out of the transfer portal. And the key is really knowing going in, like what do you exactly need and what type of person do you want? Like what, what type of kid are you going to look for character wise and reputation wise? What are you willing to, or can you absorb if there's, you know, some kind of issue there, there have been issues or, you know, or what do you need? What kind of personality do you need? It's not just the basketball piece, at least for us. Um, and that's why I love, you know, who we, we were able to to recruit out of the transfer portal because they fit both of those things, what we needed basketball wise and who we needed as people and to kind of personality wise, um, be on this team. It's been absolutely perfect.
3: Coach, uh, This year, you know, I mean, obviously being your first year is definitely going to be different. But you're also losing, you know, a big piece in Morgan Jones, who I think is going to be a grad transfer to Louisville, uh, Mm -hmm. which is also kind of crazy that you have. I think you may have somebody coming in from the ACC, but other players going out to the ACC. uh, I I don't know how often that usually happens uh, in the past, but it feels like it's happening a lot more. Uh, in recent years. Is it is it just kind of weird that you've seen this player for so many years Uh and then you're just going to see them in brand new kits? It's got to be yeah. just mind-boggling.
2: Yeah, it is. It's a little bit, yeah, it, it's interesting. Like I said earlier, like college athletics is changing yeah. by the minute and you, you really, you can't ever like let yourself be surprised anymore even when you are surprised it's like you know i shouldn't be surprised like we just things are changing, weird things come up and you just got to roll with it. And that's for student athletes and for coaches on both sides. It's just kind of, um, you never quite know, but again, it's about maintaining those relationships. And I, you know, Morgan Jones was an amazing player here. I love her to death. She's an amazing person and really respect her decision to, to move on and and do something different in her fifth year. And I I really wish her the best of luck. I mean, obviously I'm not going to be cheering for her while we're playing Mm -hmm. her against her when we play Louisville. Um, but no, really think that she's got a, a, a lot um, a, more that she can accomplish and will and, and will be so happy for her um, as she continues to succeed. And that's really what it comes down to is, is understanding that, um, you know, on both sides, if you've put in what you can put in, if you've, if you've done it the right thing by people and, and tried and, and just, need something different or don't see eye to eye on certain things. That's fine. I mean, it's, it's all good. And the opportunity out there to go into the transfer portal and also recruit out of is really beneficial for a lot of people. So, um, you know, it w- it was crazy, you know, like the amount of kids that went in and, and kind of, uh, you know, but Hey, it is what it, this is the, this is what, everybody's dealing with it. We're all in the same boat. Um, And so it's about understanding what you need, you know, what, what do we need in our program? What do I need as a coach Um, and trying to, to make the right decisions um, from there?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, speaking just off of my experiences, you know, transferring now in these last two years and then transfers that happened seven, eight years ago, completely different reasons why you may be transferring, right? There are so many different factors that are happening right now. And so I think when you look and see a player maybe that has been to, you know, two different schools or even three different schools, you don't always necessarily think there's an issue with the player. Like maybe you would have, you know, years before. Now it's just like there are so many different things that could possibly be happening um nil deals different things like that that you really have no exact idea of why and so i think you know your approach to that is as open and genuine as it can be and just like hey we got to make it work for us and, and that's what everybody else is doing i think yes. it's so interesting that it's just so many battles that you're fighting you know you're fighting so many battles in the transfer portal, you're fighting so many battles when you're first recruiting kids out of high school these high school kids now I swear they're so entitled. They think that they're so great. And so there's just so much of love that you've got to give them. Like, you know, you got to make them feel like they're the best things in the world all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think with my generation you had to do that, but it's <laughs> just <is> my take. <laughs> I, I act like you're so, <laughs> so much old. older,
3: come on.
1: I don't-, <laughs> I don't think they had to do that with my generation. I just think we had more, I don't know. I, I like to say it, I was
3: the cutoff. I just turned 30 in August. I graduated high school in 2010. Um, and I saw the difference just in my four years playing Division Three. But um, (laughs) yeah. But no, I mean it's 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 definitely. I mean, I mean you brought up social media before, Coach. It's Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a blessing and a curse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean you obviously can. I'm not sure how closely y'all also monitor players' social media just from a recruiting aspect. Um, I mean it's easy to cut someone off there. They don't have views or posts that align with the program, but. Uh, yeah. There's just so much exposure um, that's free, basically.
2: Yeah, absolutely, it's a yeah. uh, yeah. wild west. It is. Well, yeah, and it and it really does. Um, you know, well, that's the other thing too. Like kids these days are getting very savvy with social media. You know, so um, which is really cool to see. But it is. It's. It's not. It's. It's a brand. It's. It's not necessarily who they are and and Mm -hmm. we see a lot less of like questionable social media these days than i remember us talking about back when twitter and and instagram were first becoming a thing like nowadays um you know, they're very, very savvy about building their brand and curating what they put on. Um, and so you still got to do the work of getting to know them and getting to know the people around them a lot. And, you know, it is like, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's like, you know, it's, it's very, um, you know, easy to say like they're entitled and, and they're so different. And, you know, I'm I'm 42 and I'm a mom now and I can see now that like they're they're a product of what we've built as adults. They're a product of their surroundings. And it's not them, um, you know, necessarily being obviously bad kids or anything like that. But that's why you have to do your homework of who is around them, who is in their ear, Um, you know, because it's only going to get more that you know intensified as they come here and get more exposure there's gonna be more people in their ear. there's gonna be more people trying to get to them who are they listening to are they impressionable who's talking to them is huge when it goes into like thinking about is this gonna work are they gonna be a fit here
1: Absolutely. It's just a credit to you and how well you guys are doing your job in recruiting because you got to sort through so many different things to find out exactly what that person is and what they bring to the table for your team, both on the court and off the court. Um, Coach, we've enjoyed our conversation with you. The last thing I just want to wrap up is basketball wise this season, what should we expect from FSU basketball? We're, I, I know what to expect to see, but I want you to tell everybody else who does not know and does not follow ACC basketball. If you don't, you should. I don't know what you're doing. But what? What we expect to see from your group this this year on the court?
2: Um, I expect to see a, an exciting brand of basketball. Um, mm-hmm. That that is what I am just looking forward to showing the world is that we have a group of players uh, with the skill set and talent to play a really exciting, fast paced style of basketball um, with. Hopefully, you know a good amount of scoring, but really, really focused on the defensive end. This is a basketball cliche, of course, is what everyone would say, but um, no, truly, we've got a, a group of of players that are really, really locked into playing a style that I think will, is enjoyable for them and enjoyable to watch. So that fits in great with the ACC because it's exciting basketball all over the ACC. Such great players. Um, man, it's going to be a really, uh, fun and exciting season to see like how all these teams do and, and some of these great matchups. I can't, I can't wait for ACC, uh, conference play to get here.
1: Love it. Oh, sorry. I lied. Last question. How are you on like game day fits? You know, like now uh, officially like not interim head coach, real head coach, like, the game am i expecting like crazy game day fits am i expecting like stilettos are we kind of just chilling? like you know give me an idea because i'm a fashion player. there's
2: a lot of like it's not an easy choice these days there's a lot of pressure nice. like to, to tone it down or you know like there's a lot of pressure yeah. so um I, I do know that, like, I because I have to stand most of the game, the yeah. shoe, the shoe choices have to be very well thought out. Like <laughs> with an assistant sitting down, you can wear the highest of heels, <laughs> you know, because you're just sitting there. When you have to be up and down the sideline, I gotta be a little more strategic. but no, i i I look at games as like, this is our chance to show out like this is the problem sure. we're putting on the floor. Like, I, I don't think we should take anything lightly about how we do anything, what our appearances. I was like that as a player. I always thought you look good, you play good, you know? So I would, you know, wear I make up and all the whole deal. Like, so that's going to continue. Um, but Just got to make sure, you know, like I can sustain standing up the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: You know what, too? You can always do a shoe change. You could always have the stilettos in the first half, and then second half, like, switch to some, some Prada sneakers and just, like, right. Like, Unless the
3: first half is going really well. You cannot change a thing. Right.
1: Unless it's going great. Yeah, and then you're up 20.
3: Right. And
2: then you're- you got to stay with it. I know. Yeah, you, you got to suffer. Yeah. It's <laughs> fine. There's ways about it.
3: Well, I mean, I this, is it. A, this is a public call to, to all these clothing brands, Revolve, whoever the heck else is out there. I don't know too many. i got to talk to my wife. Uh, she's on Biore now, Lululemon, all that. Uh, let's let's get Coach Brooke in the best gear. Let's send her everything you got. Uh, <laughs> Florida State everywhere. Let's see it,
2: please. It. Yes, I'm open. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, <laughs> Dano.
1: Yeah. It's been so amazing, Coach, talking to you. We appreciate just you being open and honest with us about your process and the things that you've been through and being a working mom. And just I think the overall things that you embody in being a role model for women and for women that are in the sport. So we appreciate talking to you. I will be checking your game day fits. I will send you a DM if I absolutely love it. You will know. <laughs> and we're excited to watch your team kill it this season. Best of luck to you and the team. And also tell all your staff I said hi cuz they're all my homies. I've like literally I
2: know. I know you're like one of the one of the crew. I know. I will tell them. Thank you guys both. Thank you Ice. Yes. Thank you Gino. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank
3: you.